The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And thank you for listening with us today. We're glad that you're joining us, and uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, you can visit us on our Facebook page at Spirit of Recovery, or you can send us an email at uh, spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. So thank you for participating, and uh, we know that you are telling your friends and the people in your recovery community, in your spiritual community, about Spirit of Recovery, and that's just great. Keep spreading the word. We love broadcasting here on the topic of recovery on unity.fm, Unity Online Radio. And we're glad to know that what we're doing is making a difference in your life. We love getting those emails. Uh, thank you so much for sending those, and it's great to hear from you. We know that uh, every week we bring you guests that get you thinking, that open you up to different and new ideas about spirituality that inspire you, and that... Uh, give you some thoughts about what's possible for you in recovery. And most of all, you know, recovery is about connection. So that's the bottom line of what we're doing here at Spirit of Recovery is making those connections with you through our guests and through our discussions. Every week we do have guests that talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. And our guests are people that are down to earth, that are knowledgeable and innovative. People who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And a lot of times all three. We're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. Know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery live online through your computer. You can listen to it on your mobile listening device. You can also access Spirit of Recovery um, on our archives at unity.fm. So uh, we just are grateful and so happy that there are lots of different ways that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery and the other great programs that are here on unity.fm. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, that uh, recovery is a big concept, and so if you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, or if you're uh, the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction and uh, they're not in recovery, or you're just somebody that's curious, interested about this recovery process, we're just glad to have you listening with us. And we welcome you, and we welcome your participation in our discussions. You can call in or you can send us an email. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister, and I'm a Recovery Counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And this month of May, I am celebrating 31 years of uh, being in my own process of recovery as a family member and a friend of those people that have the disease of addiction. And uh, 31 years ago, I started on an active path of personal growth and recovery 
and spiritual development that includes uh, the recovery program and that includes the unity principles and unity way of life and that the integration of those principles keeps me growing and keeps my life getting deeper and richer and bringing me into greater conscious contact with my higher power. So it's delightful for me to have the opportunity to share with you uh, these concepts and to share with you great guests who have uh, so much uh, to tell us about their own journey and what they learn and how they walk. So, again, glad that you're with us today. Today our topic is the fullness of spirit, and my guest is Dennis. Dennis, uh, 26 years of recovery, himself working a program. He's also uh, involved in Unity Ministry. He is an author and a speaker and a teacher, and Dennis has been with us here on the program before and has really been a help in in launching the Spirit of Recovery uh, over a year and a half ago. Today we're going to be talking with Dennis about the idea of full mental health and about how full mental health means full spiritual health. You know, a lot of times a healthy spirituality is about being in touch with a love and that knowing that that love cares about you and that that love is bigger than anything that might have harmed you or bigger than any addiction or any kind of thing like that that might be present in your life or something that you're working with on in your healing process. So, uh, Dennis, we're glad you're here today, glad you're going to be talking with us today about the fullness of spirit. So, welcome. Anna, uh, thank you very much. It's it's really great to be back on Unity FM and with you, you know, that you are a connection to me. You were talking about, you know, creating connections in our lives, and you are a connection to me, definitely, when it comes to recovery. And uh, that's good to have. We all need that. And uh, as a matter of fact, a good mutual friend of yours and mine, Mr. Mark Bruchel, uh, from uh, Doorway to Recovery, said to uh, say hello to you. He knew I'd be talking to you today, and I saw him Saturday evening for a uh, banquet that uh, was held here uh, in uh, uh, the greater Detroit area for uh, Friends of Recovery and people in recovery. So, hello, Anna, he said. Okay, thank you. Hello to Mark. Well, speaking of, of the doorway to recovery and talking about the, the fullness of spirit, uh, could you tell us, and Mark has been on the show, it's been quite a while and talking about it, but tell us a little bit about the doorway to recovery and how that helps people bring fullness uh, into their lives. Because it's, it, it's a cool thing. It, it's a pretty good thing that he's yeah. doing. What Mark, what Mark came up with was he came up with a basic idea and concept, and he has a program that he works, and he's got... 15 or 16 homes now. Some are for women, some are for men. And then he has a weekly program that he runs at the house and then a weekly program where everybody gets together. In addition to that, they are required to make uh, 12-step meetings uh, based on whatever their problem may be. He deals primarily with a lot of uh, drug addiction as well as alcohol addiction. Uh, however, he does have people that have some other problems, too, that he's willing to uh, uh, lend a hand to. His his hand works in that he only charges like a small amount per person each week. He's just like and a sober to, house, basically, right? Sober house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sober for living. Yeah. But he has a program that goes with it that, it's fairly disciplined. You have to get up and do what's right because it's right in front of you, you know, that kind of thing. And it's really well ran. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been highly successful. There are a lot of uh, judges that use it in the area, doctors that uh, get people that they feel it can help, et cetera. So it's done, it's done some great work uh, in uh, Wayne County and Oakland County, which are the two north-south counties uh, around Detroit. And then we have a place in Detroit, too. So uh, I started out as the chaplain for them, have been the chaplain since its inception. And, you know, the thing is, it's it's one of those things where uh, people change their minds. You know, it's kind of like uh, Romans, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know? 
And the thing I like about that is it goes on, you know, and talks about discernment and God's will for us and, and what's good and acceptable and perfect. And I've always liked that because it reminds me of the book, big book, you know, that we're, we're not perfect, but we're definitely trying to move towards and strive towards a sense of perfection that we're only going to find in spirituality. Right. You know. A lot of a lot of times when, you know, talking about like a sober house environment or any kind of recovery or as you say in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous or the Bible, it's like you, a lot of times when we're uh, in our active addiction, whether as family members kind of focusing on those people that have the substance addiction or whether uh, we're the person with that substance addiction, it can feel so much like we're stuck, like we're not mm-hmm. getting anywhere we feel isolated we feel like our lives are kind of going around and around in a circle that's not going anywhere and we're feeling uh we're not feeling that fullness of spirit we're not feeling that renewal of mind but we're we're just feeling like things aren't going so well yeah and that was the thing i would probably say in my own heart that uh you know the unity movement gave to me when i first joined It, it, it still looked like a church you know it acted like a church etc but the church I belonged to at the time was uh it was busy getting smaller, you know, and so were all the all the churches in the group that I was with. They you know, they over the years they've only been offset by uh massive immigration of people of that religion. And so when I looked at that it just didn't you know, it didn't fit and I wound up going to Unity and I was in recovery and that seemed to have some similarity. In other words, both of them wanted me to take certain action in my life, you know. And it's kind of like that, uh, what, 1966 article, uh, Is God Dead? You know, and the theologians talk about all that. And if we look over the last 20 years, what we'll find is God's not dead. But what, what happens is we begin to realize that there's more to it than just what's on the outside. There's something on the inside. And that's what AA gave to me, was it gave me an idea that, that I could change the inside. I could change the things that were were my defects. And uh, Unity gave me the same thing. I was surprised. Now, I would not recommend that you come down to one of the Unity churches without going to a 12-step program for me. But if you could do that, that's fine. If you could do it in an evangelical church, that's fine, too. If you could do it Catholic, Presbyterian, that's all fine. But I have not met enough people to be able to say to you, boy, that really works. Whereas among people who have one primary purpose, and that's the recovery from a specific addiction, it works. You know, And those are the 12 steps of recovery. That, I think, is probably the spiritual experience that I needed. And yet it came out of the same stuff uh, that relate to God and, 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 and develop a relationship with a power greater than myself or God that I got here at Unity. There was prayer. There was mysticism. There was faith to become more focused on, you know, God, on a creative source. And uh, there was a strive towards a new understanding that that I really appreciated out of uh, unity as well as the 12 steps. And then there were tough old guys who'd tell me to read the prayer of St. Francis, kid, you know, things like that, that that made sense at the time that were powerful words to me for developing this uh, spiritual experience. You know, something I find very interesting is is in this world today, like in the United States, we're not nearly as religious as we were when I was a kid. Not not at all. We like to think we are, but we really aren't. You know, there's like uh, a 400% increase in uh, agnosticism and uh, atheism as opposed to a a 400% increase in any kind of uh, religion. There is no denomination right now that's growing. You know, there's, you can't show me a denomination that's busy growing. And uh, it tells us something, that there's something there that we need to find. And every time I seem to find it, it occurs as a result of prayer, meditation, 
And those are the basics that uh, the 12 steps gave me. Right. You know, I believe that people are looking for an experience of God or higher power or something greater than themselves. And it's interesting because I think people who have uh, the disease of addiction or our family members have had an experience of, for practical purposes anyway, of having a sort of horrible higher power, which is the, the addiction. Because when you're in active addiction, uh, I'm not saying that, that there's an evil force out there, but in terms of what's governing your life, at least in the outer things, it is that addiction or it is the obsession with somebody else's addiction. And um, people are hungry to move off that and, and to get into a different relationship with something different that's more loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no connection. It's almost like... You know, and this is a judgmental attitude, and I'm not going to tell you it isn't, but it's that, it's that judgment when you come to a point and you go, my goodness, you know, this, this organization over here, it just, it doesn't seem to give me the love that God gave to Christ Jesus, to my higher power. There isn't that Christ consciousness that's, that's, that's in my life. Uh, and yet in AA, they don't call it that, but I find it all over the joint. You know, even in, and I've been socially active, you know that, even in the social activism that I've done over the last several years, it's just become extremely political. And people run away from the political side, you know, thinking they're getting into social activism, but social activism is very difficult to get in unless what you're willing to do is to realize that there's got to be love there. You know, I've met some wonderful people, but they they seem to have this tendency to go, yeah, but, and I used to do that when I was addicted. You know, I should have had a T-shirt on that said, yeah, but, you know, however, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, in my recovery, what I've grown to out of the principles of the 12 steps and 12 principles that that uh, Unity gave me, and I don't see Unity as a denomination. I see it strictly as a movement, you know, of people. Uh, that, that type of organization where people are allowed that kind of freedom, their suggestions, but uh, if you don't follow them, that, you know, it's yours. Uh, they will refund, refund anything you had at when you walked in the door, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I still see that as a gift that I received uh, from uh, Unity. And I'm grateful for Unity FM because I can tell the world that now. Hey, guys, guess what? I found it here. And I'm grateful for uh, 12-step programs because I can tell them the same thing. I found it in 12-step programs. If you find it a different way, Boy, I am so glad for you because what you're dealing with is you're not just dealing with drugs. You're not just dealing with alcohol. You're dealing with credit card addiction. You're addicted to the glitz, the glamour, et cetera. You're addicted to pornography on your, uh, you know, your uh, computer. And now they're saying kids as young as eight years old are addicted, you know, to pornography online and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, I look at that and I just go, oh, gosh. You know, there's, we need help, and yet that help has to come from, from a higher power, and that's the spiritual awakening. It's a time right now, and as far as I'm concerned in this country, of reorientation. It's a time of cultural revitalization, and it beats, it beats the apocalypse, you know, and uh, worrying about the end of the world a whole lot. It sure does. It's Dennis, it's, it's time, speaking of the end of things, it's, it's time for our break. We're going to take a okay. short break, and then we'll be right back talking with our friend Dennis here about the fullness of spirit. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. 
If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently. At one with infinite possibility, I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above, expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do. I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand. A little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the fullness of spirit. We're talking about uh, full mental health, meaning full spiritual health, and that uh, that healthy spirituality and that mental health is being in touch with the love that cares about you and a love that's powerful and bigger than whatever may have harmed you or whatever uh, addiction or obsession you might be uh, working with on healing in your life. And so we're, work- we're talking today about becoming conscious of the fullness of spirit and that that is the key to constructive living. And my guest today is Dennis. Dennis has 26 years of working a recovery program. He is an author. He is a teacher. He is a unity minister. And he is very, very much involved in his spiritual growth process. And he's, he's been a guest with us before, and we're glad that he's here with us today talking about the fullness of spirit. But before we get back to our conversation with Dennis, let's take a moment to relax and to enjoy the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to join me in focusing on this constructive idea as we relax, allow our minds to rest, to be open and refreshed. I trust God's love for me. I relax and receive it. I trust God's love for me. 
I relax and receive it. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that that was a blessing to you in that brief moment. So now we're back talking with my guest, Dennis, about the fullness of spirit. And uh, right before the break, uh, Dennis, you brought up the idea of how uh, sometimes when we get so involved uh, in being activists and, and righting the wrongs of the world that it can actually be counterproductive, not that being activists is a bad thing, but we can <clears throat> forget the love. And I, I happen to have this quote by Thomas Merton, who was a Trappist monk who many people may be familiar with. He wrote lots of books. One of the most famous was called The Seven-Story Mountain. He uh, was a mystic and, and an activist. He was very involved in uh, bringing about civil rights and, and reform in society. So I'm going to read you just a brief bit of this uh, quote here. He says, uh, there's a pervasive form of contemporary violence, activism and overwork. The rush and pressure of modern life are a form, perhaps the most common form, of its innate violence. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything is to succumb to violence. The frenzy of our activism neutralizes our work for peace. It destroys our own inner capacity for peace. It destroys the fruitfulness of our own work because it kills the root of inner wisdom, which makes work fruitful. That is a powerful thought. How do you see that relating to uh, recovery and spirituality? Well, it goes along similar to what I was uh, trying to get over, which is, you know, the revitalization or reorientation of our lives, our churches, uh, etc., overcomes uh, the apocalypse attitude that we all carry. Like, most of the world right now is running around thinking it's going to be the end of the world come November, both sides, you know. Half think it's going to be because of the election going one way. Half think it's going to be because the election goes another way. And yet I remember when I was a kid, once they got through with an election, they lined up and uh, went on with life. You know, and yet we're down to a point as to where that doesn't seem to be something we can do anymore. We're not awake. We lack the awakening. We, you know, we do not respond to God in spirit in this world. Uh, correctly you know and that's that's something that that i did learn in recovery and i admit it that's something i did learn out of principle and finding principles through charles fillmore the founder of unity as well as bill wilson the co-founder of uh the 12 steps you know these these were people that were trying to live in a form of an ethical community and they had hard times, uh, but they didn't see it at the end of time. You know, they looked at it as like things we can do to overcome this affliction, this addiction. You know, and uh, they were looking, they weren't looking for the end of the world. They were looking for what is good and acceptable and, and perfect. You know, like the biblical text said, they they were renewed by the transforming of their minds, like, you know, biblical text says. And I think it's this new vision that we're going to have to come to, because we do have a tendency to want to hang on to the past and think that the past actually gives us answers all the time. What the past does is the past gives us a platform from where we can look. And yes, there are mistakes we made, but we have to recognize the mistakes for what they are and go on from there. And I think perhaps we're not quite doing that the way the way we ought to. We're not doing it from the standpoint of uh, trying to uh, move the world and this country to a greater sense of love, God's love. 
the only thing that really matters is you know is god's love that's that's the embodiment of a new vision of christianity is god's love and the reason that i say that is because the other one we've we've not talked about in such a way that the love of god is part of us we always put the love of god out there somewhere and i think i think the thing that we can do the gift that we can give those of us that are in recovery is to work on ourselves to improve that ability to forgive and to give love. It's it's paramount. You know, uh, we can transform our churches. We can we can come to a lasting awakening if what we're willing to do is not not be the activist, but be the person who actually prays to a new mind. You know, and sees a new vision. We need to wake up. We need to be able to discern. We need to be able to use our imaginations. And we need to, able, need to be able to do what God's will is for us. And to fully communicate God's love is a transforming way of living our lives. It teaches us how to believe and what to do and who we are in this world. And that's that, I guess, probably is, is what I get out of what Thomas Merton says as well as many other, you know, people. Lord knows I'm just a, a humble old preacher guy laying behind a log, but I can see those things in my life, you know, when, when I become so ego-centered that all I want to do is hurt somebody. And that's not unusual. You know, either that or I stuff it down out of fear. There's another one, you know, I'm so afraid that I just don't hardly say a word, but if I'm speaking to you, I pretend like I'm the most educated guru in the county, you know, and there's, there are those things that I do as to where I don't surrender my will to the life and the care of a creative source. You know, I don't allow for a director in my life. I still try to, to you know, row the boat myself. When you're talking, it reminds me of what's in the, the book Alcoholics Anonymous or the big book, uh, Sarah. Several places. You know, one where it, it talks about um, the the problem is that we uh, want to be the director and we try to direct the ballet and and direct. I can't remember all that it says, and that it irritates other people because they know that we're trying to control them and trying to have things our way. And it, it says sometimes we're overtly uh, controlling and sometimes we're just very nice and try to get people to go along. But in the end, it irritates everybody because. Because just like what you're saying, we're not letting really that creative source guide things. It's our ego that's acting out of fear one way or another that's trying to run everything. <laughs> yeah, and that response then becomes anger and intimidation and all kinds of stuff like that that people practice on one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I think too, like in the end, it's the... Um, Psychologically and and mentally, when we get into that egocentric position, it really makes us unhealthy. I mean, because we get isolated, we get closed up. It can even create physical stress and at least make worse, you know, physical conditions in our body. And it certainly puts us in a position mentally and psychologically of, of being pretty cramped up and living in a pretty narrow world. Boy, don't you know it. <laughs> I've been there once or twice, Anna. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the last time was, oh, well, it was probably 1940s, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pants on fire, Dennis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was probably this afternoon right about lunch. <laughs> yeah. It gets back to the it gets back to those twelve step basics of halt, hungry, eat, angry, pray. You know, uh, what is that? H A L T. Hungry, angry, lonely. Yeah. Go speak to somebody. Tired. Right. Go to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were. I remember learning those, and those were like totally invaluable to me when I'd follow them. And then I discovered I could maybe be hungry for a while, but then I'd get hungry and angry, and that was too much. (laughs) 
And I remember wondering, wonder why I can't do more than two. <laughs> yeah, I look back now and I think I could barely do one. Mm-hmm. I could barely do one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it uh, connected me. It connected me to the higher power, which actually then allowed me to begin to learn how to connect to other people. Mm-hmm. Now that took that took some weeping and gnashing of teeth, believe me, but it was it was worth it. You know, it was worth it. I remember driving down the freeway one time, and I was, you know, I was angry over my divorce, the whole bit. I was just angry at God. And I finally, I just had to pull over. You know, the tears welled up too much in my eyes. And I just had this horrific cry. You know, fortunately, I had a towel sitting in the front seat, you know. And I cried for a good half hour, and I got through. And I remember three or four hours later, I just naturally felt better. You know, and sometimes that's what it may take. It may take a good cry just to get us to the point as to where we're no longer uh, in denial of what's really going on. With like we have a lucid moment, and we know that the uh, you know that we're we're busy living with the guy that did it to himself. You know, and when we get to that point, I think that's what awakens us sometimes is. And it's the same for a, a church, you know, and you and I have both done extensive interim ministry. It's when the church wakes up and looks and goes, wow, this doesn't work, you know, and they begin to change, you know. It's it's the same for that. Any organization, and I think right now in this world, the connection that we need is to sit down and look at each other and go, this doesn't work killing each other like this and and treating each other like this and character assassination of this this and that and the other it just doesn't work uh, and that's that's the feeling that I that I get you know out of it but it only comes as a result of the principles you know the principles in back of the steps of 12 steps and the principles of uh uh, Charles Fillmore in his book, you know, The Twelve Powers of Man, which, of course, we infer to be humanity nowadays, but that's how Charles wrote, wrote it in his day. But those things those things are uh, very important when we're looking at recovery and the ideas and concepts of recovery. Because if we don't, we can limp along we can we can be sick and stand there and smile and look at each other and think, boy, aren't I doing good? And yet the truth is we're shaky and flaky and wondering what's going on in life. And uh, it creates, like you were saying, it creates all kinds of illness, codependency and just other addictions, you know, anything to relieve ourselves of the discomfort. And that's, I guess, the psychological aspect of it is that, you know, when when you go to work, you know, I, I, I am obviously not qualified to do the things that you do professionally. And when you go to work professionally as a professional counselor, that's a totally different world, and yet is it? I wonder, because I know that I have been with a lot of counselors who they don't have a lot of interest in anything that has to do with spirituality but it takes me about two seconds to realize that they they're in a psychological position that i'm no longer in and and i'm free of certain things you know what do you think in terms of uh that relationship of of psychology and spirituality yeah i think that um that psychologically when has to deal with one's own attitudes and one has to deal with one's own mind that psychology can tell us a lot about uh, what's wrong it can give us concepts about what we might be uh, wanting to be thinking about or what stance we might want to take but it doesn't have the power to heal us that in my own life I, and I've certainly benefited from the study and use of psychology in many ways but in the end the power to change is a spiritual power it's it's something about surrendering into knowing that there's more to us than just our capacity to think or to feel that there is a power that's generated 
from the very essence of who we are, and that's what's transformative. And for me, yeah. until I until I was able to even begin to start to, in a tiny way, surrender into that to to notice it, I I was stuck. I couldn't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it brings me it brings me back to that thing that I read in the beginning there. You know, do not be conformed to this world; be ye transformed and. And that's that renewing, you know, that renewing of my mind is is so vital, you know, to come to mental health. Is not that I, you know, I mean, I need to sit down and I need to do the ABCs and the one two threes and take a deep breath and learn some breathing techniques, et cetera. And if it wasn't for those things helping me out, I don't know. I don't know that I could have figured out the other side of that, you know, the spirituality side of it either. You know, who knows? So psychology psychology helped me tremendously and still does. You, you know as well, yeah, you know. I go, you know, I go to group therapy once a week. I have for years. And hold I'm that not thought. Quitting. We're going to it's time for our break, but we'll be right back. So hold on to that and we'll come back to that. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment, so stay with us. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently, at one with infinite possibility. I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above. Expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do, I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're joining us today. And if you are just tuning in, our topic is the fullness of spirit, and my guest is Dennis. Dennis has 26 years of working in a recovery program and also uh, engaging these principles of unity. He's a unity minister, he's an author, and a teacher. And so we're enjoying what Dennis is sharing with us today about the fullness of spirit, about that connection between mental health and spiritual health that connection between uh, the love of our higher power and our ability to participate in life. 
So, Dennis, before the break, you were telling us uh, we, about the that you do attend a, a therapy group, a support group, and it's uh, psychologically based, but still it enhances your spiritual growth. How does that work? Well, basically, the guy who the guy who uh, started the group when I when I joined uh, nine years ago, uh, he's one of the the vet uh, center vet center uh, guys. And there's been, oh, probably 25 to 40 of us that have gone through it over the years, and I just keep going. And the reason that I keep going is because even though it's switched leaders and a bunch of stuff like that, when I walk out of there, I know that what I've received is I've received some form of uh, awakening. You know, I feel more awake. I feel more tolerant. I feel I feel as if perhaps what's happened is uh, I'm the man who findeth wisdom just for a moment and getteth understanding, you know, the old proverb, that kind of thing. That's how I feel, that there's an understanding, and it it depends on me. And if I go and I listen and I try not to judge what people are saying, et cetera, but simply accept it as their truth, where they're at, et cetera, um, I, I'll gain from it. And I've walked away from there where I've been pretty angry, you know. I mean, I didn't particularly like what was said. And three days later, I'll look at it and say, okay, what part of that made me angry? Why am I, you know, why am I upset over this? There's something going on here that I don't want to look at. You know, and that's what I find helps me with with group therapy. I don't get that much of that at the tables, although the tables are excellent for, you know, a quick spot check. So I go to those regularly. With you mean my a, a, a twelve-step meeting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, with the twelve-step group, but it's a different form of expressing oneself. And what I'm looking to be able to do is to come into expression. So in order to get there, I've discovered that these people can help me at the uh, meetings. Now, the meeting I go to, it's gotten smaller. And the reason it's gotten smaller is it's a group of uh, uh, Vietnam combat vets. You know, most of us are in our 60s now. and But I just get so much out of it. You know, and uh, then I do a one-on-one once a month. You know, I, I don't have to, but uh, I feel like it's necessary to make sure that they feel like I'm supporting them as much as they're supporting me in that I'm trying to be honest, maintain some integrity, you know, that kind of thing with them as a group because I know some guys won't go to that. But I try to do both. And I have found that it's, it's healthy. And spiritually, when I come out of those, I do feel better. I, I feel as if, as if, uh, you know, I'm more of a human being rather rather than uh, just wandering this earth trying to dr- judge myself or anybody else. So the essence of spirituality, what, I'm, what you're telling me, I think, is that it, it is about self-responsibility instead of just projecting out there like, well, so-and-so said something and, I don't like it, and I'm right, and blah, blah, blah. But it's self-responsibility. It's taking that opportunity to examine oneself about what, what's, what's my reaction about and what can I yeah. learn. Is that part of what you're seeing as spirituality, spiritual growth? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, I get. that's what I get out of it, Anna. Mm-hmm. I, get this sense, I get this sense that what it is is it's, it's the corner of communications. It's the part that's rel- relevant. It's the part that will allow me to be inclusive and to live out some of God's love and to understand what that means, you know. Uh, when I preach, obviously, I try very hard to preach and teach the, the Jesus Christ teachings. And the reason I do is because I consider myself, uh, you know, Christian. And yet at the same time, uh, I understand that other people have different beliefs. So what I can do is I can I can learn from their beliefs. I can accept their beliefs. And I found in there are only two places where people actually try and do that, and that's 
at uh, at unity and in the twelve steps. You know, they don't try to judge somebody's higher power, and that's very important to me. You know, because otherwise, what I get into is I get into that what I call failed church syndrome, where they fail to teach somebody the truth of Jesus. You know, they just fail to teach somebody the truth of Jesus and the love that he sent, you know, and the commandments that he left us, you know. And that's very important to me because I feel that's my personal relationship, you know. And within that, you know, the other stuff, the dogma, doctrine, and creed isn't nearly as important as the truth that he left for me, you know. Right, so it's about actually living uh, these values or living in a certain way, mm-hmm. how you regard yourself and others, that's really spirituality. Exactly. Yeah. And there is a taste of that that I need in order to make it work that comes directly from my counselors, and whether I like it or not. And what is that? Is that the honesty or the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... Well, it's the honesty, but it's also it's also to me the fact that there's some sincerity there. They're there for a reason. They would like to care. They would like to care about me, you know. And the more open I become, the more chance they have to care about me. Now, if they disrespect what it is I'm telling them, what I have to be able to do is stand up and tell them or ask them. Usually, I ask, you know, but I ask in a way that that they're being told. You know, I don't mind. I don't mind a little confrontation. <laughs> you know, stand up and look them in the eye, sort of thing. You know, I guess. I guess if I wasn't a unity minister, I probably ought to go be a Baptist. You know, stand up and look them square in the eye. You know? But anyway, it's that kind of thing as to where I get the feeling like God is there. You know, there's right. two of them. Right, it's that connection. I mean, that's the other thing that you're saying about spirituality is yes. uh, it's the connection. It's being willing to express yourself and to be heard and to hear. It's that mm-hmm. that flow. It's that being willing to be present. That's where spirituality really lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what you were talking about in the very beginning about connection. As a matter of fact, I had written that word down because it did have a place. It was like, oh, Anna just said it, click, and I wrote down the word connection, you know, because it's a very powerful, it, it's very powerful when it comes to coming to this understanding, this experiencing, uh, you know, spiritual awakening, uh, being able to experience who I am in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's not... I mean, I'm not I'm not as esoteric as a lot of people. I, I know that. I don't pretend to be, but that's okay. I am who I am, and I know that, and that makes a world of difference in my life. You know, there's just a, a comfort level that I wouldn't have otherwise. But believe me, I'm not to perfection. I'm not a saint. I gave up even trying to become one, and yet I remember, you know, 20 years ago, I thought that was what all this had to do with. You know, and that's what mysticism was about. But then, uh, you know, Jim Rosemurgy told me that even mystics had to pay their bills. So I decided I maybe ought to back out of that one and, you know, land back on Earth. It's like being being so spiritual, I'm of no earthly good. <laughs> I've been through phases of that in my life. And, of course, God bless them, I've seen other people go through it in both, uh, you know, their spirituality as well as their, their 12-step walk. You know, and uh, walk that broad highway and, you know, do the best you can. And I know what that means a little bit today. I listened to a speaker, and he spoke about uh, being with Bill Wilson's wife uh, right after Bill died, and he was writing a book. He wrote one of the AA books, and uh, he had access to New York material for like nine months. And I forget which book it was. It was his name is Mel B., and he's got like 63 years, and he lives in Toledo. And, and God bless him, he was talking about that, and the one thing he realized was that the the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, 
according to him, was Bill Wilson's wife. The only <laughs> difference was she was the one who stayed in the back, made the coffee, and he was the one who sat up front and acted like he knew something. You know? <laughs> but she she humbly practiced the principles of spirituality in such a way. But then you take a look and you find out that she was a New Thought person. You know, yes, so. she was. She was raised as a Swedenborgian, which is yep, a New Thought uh, point of view. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. And when he was saying that, that was all I could think of was the fact that, yeah, she was from the Swedenborgian church. Her dad was a, a, a board member and stuff. The doctor was a board mm-hmm. member in the Swedenborgian of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that's that's something that I've learned over time is that we all live this thing, and yet at the same time, what we're trying to do is live it in such a manner that there's a relevance in our lives and uh, a new life that's being brought on through the Spirit of God in this world. Boy, that's, that's important to me. That is so important to me. Well, Dennis, thank you so much. Our time is up, and I appreciate you being with us today and thank sharing uh, about the fullness of Spirit in your life and how that works. We really appreciate it. I know you've uh, you've touched my heart today. I know you have touched the hearts of our listeners. So thank you, and thank you all for listening. Join us next week when uh, my guest is going to be Dr. Dan Frigo. Dan is the dean of the Hazelden Graduate School of Addiction Studies, and he's going to be talking with us about how counselors in addiction and recovery get trained to integrate uh, psychology and spirituality. So be sure to join us next week. Now you're in my thoughts and prayers, and God bless. God bless you too. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. You have a good life and are grateful for it. But what if you stretched beyond good and shifted to amazing? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of the First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an amazing life. Transcend the need for acceptance of others and be an example of living the truth. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an amazing life right now? Learn how each week on From Good to Amazing, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, quiet your mind and affirm. There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child, trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity.
Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.